the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence, will shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Shalom and welcome to Heart of Messiah Radio Broadcast. My name is Steve Weiler and I'm the lead rabbi of Shoresh David Messianic Synagogues. Currently we're serving in Wesley Chapel, St. Pete, South Bay near Riverview and Tampa. We welcome all visitors as we desire to see those who are Jewish and not Jewish worshiping together in unity. We're honored to serve the listening audience of AM 570 WTBN and 910 WTWD, Tampa Bay's Faith Talk. Shalom. This is our fifth program on Messianic Judaism, and there's so much to talk about. Why don't we pray first? Avinu Malkeinu, our Father, our King, we love you and praise you and worship you. And Lord, it is an honor to speak about you and to share our faith in you, Lord. It's, it's an honor to be part of your team, Lord, one who represents you. And I pray for all of the people out there listening who are also part of the team. Just be with them this day, guide them, and fill them with your spirit. And I pray that this program would be a blessing and a help to them, and that it would be anointed for your purposes. So we bless you, praise you, and honor you in the name of Yeshua. Amen. So, this is a great time for our rabbis to visit churches, uh, to speak about various topics that I think we do a really great job with. And uh, so, why don't you invite us to your church and, and give us an opportunity to share on various different topics, uh, certainly of your choice. And uh, we we would love to do that. Would you uh, either email me at rabbi at heartofmessiah.org or call Karen at 813-831-5673. You know, we love visitors at our congregations. We have uh, four of them currently. And uh, check us out on our website, shoreshdavid.org. And uh, also come uh, visit uh, with your Jewish friends. We'd love that. Also, I mentioned to you, if this program blesses you, we pray that you'll help us stay on air with your financial support and your prayer support. Again, you can call Karen at 813-831-5673. You know, it's really hard to summarize 
the past four weeks of teaching. So let me just say that we talked about Sheresh David's congregational vision and mission, and we discussed Messianic Judaism, and we're still in that discussion. Uh, this week, we'll finish up on the one new man and answer some questions that many of you might have about Messianic Judaism and how it plays out, how it's compared to Christianity. And if I don't answer your questions or you have questions beyond the ones I'm about to answer, then please email me or uh, leave a message with Karen. Uh, We'd love to get your questions answered. So the questions that will come up in the future is who should be in Messianic Judaism? And is Messianic Judaism and the church the same? And who is a Jew? And does Jewish being Jewish matter? And what's the role of someone who is not born Jewish within the Messianic Jewish uh, purpose and, and, and even Sheresh David? And, and why do we celebrate the holy days in Leviticus 23? Are we still under the law? So these are some of the questions I will hope to answer. And again, uh, call Karen or email me at rabbi at heartofmessiah.org. So getting back to our teaching, the next scripture we want to discuss as it relates to the one new man and Messianic Judaism is Galatians 3, 20, starting with verse 26. For you are all sons of God through trusting in Messiah Yeshua. For all of you who were immersed in Messiah have clothed yourself with Messiah. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Messiah Yeshua. God is not saying that there are no longer Jews here. <laughs> that That's what I've heard from a number of Christians and and Christian teachers that that God is finished with Jewish people because of this, because there's no longer Jew nor Greek, you know, that we're all one in Messiah. God acknowledges our differences, but as both groups trust in Yeshua, we are equal in the sight of God. Not the same, but we're equal. Or would you argue that there's no longer male or female as well, based on that scripture? Now, <laughs> I, I'm going to be careful here because some might argue that in in today's culture, in today's world, that there's no longer male or female. And we're not going there. That's a topic for another day. But let me just suggest that God is not finished with the Jewish people and they are to remain Jewish. Messianic Jews are also accused of rebuilding the wall of partition between Jews and Gentiles. And Ephesians 2.14, you know, some say that because we don't call ourselves Christians and and we also use uh, Yeshua instead of Jesus, um, but... Uh, or and we say ma- messianic Jews rather than Christian. Uh, we also celebrate the Lord differently because we follow the Leviticus twenty three appointed times. However, the beauty of Ephesians two is that the wall came down between the two people. They're still two peoples, but no longer have a dividing wall between them. Look, Romans 14, 1 through 13 makes it really clear that we have the freedom in Messiah to observe or not observe 
any of these rituals as long as we do not try to erect them as conditions for salvation. So let's read part of that. We'll start at verse 4, Romans 14. Who are you to judge another's servant? Before his own master, he stands or falls. Yes, he shall stand for the Lord is able to make him stand. One person esteems one day over another, while another judges every day alike. Let each be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who observes that day does so to the Lord. The one who eats, eats to the Lord, for he gives thanks to God. And the one who abstains, abstains to the Lord, and he gives thanks to God. For none of us lives for himself, and none dies for himself. For if we live, we live for the Lord, and if we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. For this reason, Messiah died and lived again so that he might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. So if we as the body of Messiah truly understood these scriptures, we would have much less division, not only between Messianic Jews and Christians, but between Christians and Christians. Remember, the one new man depends on us. It has to be part of our goal so that our behavior should reflect someone who desires peace, forgiveness, and reconciliation. So another scripture that shows us that God wants Christians, how God wants Christians to feel about Jews comes from Romans 15, starting with the verse in 25. But now I'm going to Jerusalem, bringing aid to the Kiddushim, or the saints. For Macedonia and Archaea were pleased to make some contribution for the poor among the believers in Jerusalem. Yes, they were pleased to do so, and they are under obligation to them. For if the Gentiles have shared in their spiritual blessings— they also ought to serve them in material things. So this is about the people who weren't Jewish giving to the poor uh, who are believers in Jerusalem who were Jewish. And we get that, we understand, because it talks about the obligation based on the spiritual blessings. Well, the Jewish people were the ones who gave the spiritual blessings, so to speak, to the Gentiles. And that's how we know the context of these verses. I believe that all Scripture has a purpose for us to understand God's heart. And so we see that part of the Christian heart is to help Israel. Because through Israel, Christians received God's gift, Yeshua. It's not just for Christians, but all believers to give to the betterment of Israel. And I believe all people. But so I give personally, and our congregation also gives to help support Israel. However, let me give you a word of warning. I'll take what we call a rabbi trail here. Uh, Be careful who you give money to. I have two possible concerns when it has to do with giving money. Number one, make sure 
that each group you give to handles finances well. Now, there are a number of organizations that rate uh, charities, but I have go to what is called charitynavigator.org, and they'll tell you how much of the money collected is being used for what they say it's being used for. I'd like to see that 90% or more of the money is used for its intended purpose. I don't want to see administration costs be too high. That sometimes indicates that people's salaries uh, are too high and uh, people are in this not for the betterment of others, but for the betterment of themselves. And so, you know, call me what you want, but I am careful about who I give money to. I enjoy giving money to groups, but I want to make sure they're used for the purposes that are intended. Now, the other thing, the second thought is that some organizations are misleading in what they do. And they're also misleading as an example in their name or their description. So let me give you one example. It's the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews, who in the past was under the leadership of Rabbi Yahil Eckstein. He died a couple years ago, and his daughter took over the organization. Now, this organization sounds like a great organization because it includes Jews and Christians, right? And if you watch their commercials on TV, you certainly want to give to help these old Holocaust survivors who are still living in Israel. However, while Rabbi Eckstein was alive, he was really clear that he was strongly against Messianic Jews. So that means Jewish people who believe in Jesus. And yet the name of the organization would not seem to support that view. Now, his views were made both in writing and I have copies of it, and directly to my face when I met him a number of years ago. He was fine with Christians, but that's because they make the greatest supporters in his work, but not fine with Jewish believers in Yeshua. So for me, I would not support a group who is against me, (laughs) who is, even if they do great things, and I'm not saying they don't do great things, but I also know that financially, they are much lower in their percentage of, of, uh, or, or their administration costs are much higher than I'd like to see. So, uh, you know, I give to organizations that handle money well and are not against my values and beliefs. Each of us have to decide to whom they are giving uh, finances to. But you should, in my opinion, know the facts about the organization and what they do. So finally, as we look to the scriptures for more prophetic understanding of how God will use the Jewish people in the future, let's look at Revelation 14.1. It says, Then I looked... And behold, the Lamb was standing on Mount Zion, and with him were 144,000 who had his name and his father's name written on their foreheads. 
And I heard a voice from heaven like the roar of rushing waters and the booming of loud thunder. The voice I heard was like harpists playing on their harps. And they are singing a new song before the throne and before the four living creatures and the elders. And no one is able to learn the song except the 144,000 who had been redeemed from the earth. These are the ones who have not defiled themselves with women, for they are virgins. These are the ones who follow the Lamb wherever he goes. These have been redeemed from the among mankind as firstfruits for God and the Lamb. And in their mouth was found no lie. They are blameless. So the question would be, who are these 144,000 spoken of in Revelation 14? It's a pretty tall order, I would say. Revelation 7, starting with verse 4, kind of explains it. Now I heard the number of those marked with the seal, 144,000, from every tribe of B'nai Israel, the children of Israel. And if you thought it was unclear with that, then it says in verse 5, 12,000 from the tribe of Judah, 12,000 from the tribe of Reuben, and it goes on to list 12,000 from each of the tribes of Israel. So, in my understanding of this, they must be Messianic Jews. They must be recognizably Jewish, and they must have been separated out as special before the Lord, especially because they've not been with women. And so we see a tremendous purpose of a portion of the Messianic Jewish population of men, and how amazing this group of 144,000 will be that God has actually redeemed for his purposes. Well, what we seem to know about the future, well, we know Israel's involved, we know Messianic Judaism is involved, we know Christians are involved, we know there are going to be wars against Israel, we know there's going to be persecution, and, you know, there's lots of disagreement about prophecy, theology, pre-trib, post-trib, which is kind of will we go through the tribulation or not? And, and when will these wars occur? And when will all the Jews be saved? You know, I'm going to leave all of this stuff to our prophetic scholars to argue about. This is just not wh- where I like to go. But I will say, as you look at prophecy and the coming times ahead, I believe that God would have you answer some questions. In Luke 18.8, it says, I tell you, he will quickly give them justice. But when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Are you living for the Lord today? Let's consider what that might look like. That's the question. Are you living? For the Lord today, what does that look like? Well, it looks like maybe Hebrews 10.22, so let us draw near with a, a true heart in full assurance of faith, with hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and body washed with pure water. 
Let us hold fast the unwavering confession of hope for he who promised is faithful and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good deeds and do not neglect our own meetings as it's the habit of some, but encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So this gives us an understanding of our job today, right? We are to be those people. Getting back to Messianic Judaism, let me try and answer some questions that I've not answered yet. So who should become part of Messianic Judaism? It's a good question. Messianic Judaism really exists only when Jews and those who are not Jewish, let's call them Christians or Gentiles, whatever you prefer, would, as they come together to make the one new man in unity. Now, if you call them Gentiles, they have to be Gentile believers. So whether you call them Christians or you have another name, they have to be believers. And so they and Jews have to be the one new man and they have to be in unity. In other words, anyone who is who God is called should consider being in Messianic Judaism. I believe that wherever we decide to worship or whatever we choose to be called should be God-breathed. You know what I mean? (laughs) Uh, We should hear from God where we grow and where we attend. And Messianic Judaism is open to anyone who is seeking to know God and have a spiritual family that is seeking to do the same. You can't have Messianic Judaism without the knowledge and acceptance of Yeshua the Messiah. However, there are some people who are still searching, and it's our job to help them find a personal relationship with God through Yeshua. So to answer that question, all are welcome, but not all stay because not all are called. Another question is, Is Messianic Judaism and Christianity the same? And the quick answer is yes and no. (laughs) Well, yes, we believe in the same majors. The very faith that makes you a Christian is the same faith that makes me a Messianic Jew. We believe the scripture is the word of God. We believe in God, the Father, the Son, the Spirit of God. And though everything else is important, it's not the major. These are the majors that keep us one. On the other hand, Messianic Judaism and Christianity is different in possible ways, like uh, how we celebrate the Lord. We celebrate in Messianic Judaism, the Holy Days in Leviticus 23. We don't generally celebrate Christmas and Easter. Um, but following the the Jewish holidays, as I say, because they're not in Leviticus, or they're not in the Bible, uh, Christmas and Easter. On the other hand, you will find Messianic Jews who do celebrate Christmas and Easter, so I can't give you uh, something that covers all of us, right? And uh, But we do pretty much in Messianic Judaism celebrate Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot, and all the other holy days, and Shabbat, which is a 24-hour period from Friday evening to Saturday evening. Well, 
We've run out of time, so we're going to continue with that question because I still have quite a lot to say about it. But look, we will continue next week. Join us. If you're able to uh, visit us, please do so. Please come to our congregation on Friday night or Saturday. Look at the website, and you'll see the times and locations. Also, bring friends, bring Jewish friends. We love visitors. Um, We also hope that you'll want to support our radio ministry, uh, both with prayer and finances. And again, you can always call Karen at 813-831-831. Five six seven three. Well, let's pray as we finish. Oh, Lord, I pray that each person who has heard my voice today is blessed. Just bless the people who are listening, Father. I pray this, and I pray that all those who are listening will grow in their desire to have a heart like, a, like the heart of Messiah. And I pray this in the name of Yeshua. Amen. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.